Let us pray. Eternal God, most gracious and merciful in Jesus Christ, make me as a newborn babe to desire the sincere milk of your most sacred word. Grant that I may rejoice in it as one that finds a great spoil. Let it be better to me than thousands of gold and silver. Open my heart as you did the heart of Lydia, that I may, with a kind of hunger and greediness, attend to the things which are delivered. Clear the eyes of my mind and anoint them with the precious salve of your spirit, that the scales of ignorance may fall and that I may see the wonders of your law, even your hid wisdom, which by my nature of itself is not able to discern. And because you have promised to guide the humble in your way and to reveal your secret to the meek, take from me a proud heart. Teach me to be a fool in myself, that I may be wise in you. Amen. Matthew 26. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will have with always with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. This is the word of the Lord. It is late in the gospel. By the chapter's end, Jesus will be betrayed, arrested, put on trial, disowned. There's no turning back now. There's no turning aside. This is a march to the cross. It began earlier, but now nothing will interrupt its progress. We have transitioned from all the endearing stories of the Savior's ministry to the enduring stories of the Savior's passion and dying. Less now of what Jesus' life and teaching did to shape the life of the church, more now of Jesus' person and work that gives the church its life. This passage and this sermon serves also as our transition from the epiphany season, of which this is the last Sunday, in which we focused and are focused on the life of Christ, to the Lenten season, which begins next Sunday, in which we focus on the dying of Christ. It begins this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Now Matthew has already made the transition from the one to the other with the beginning of this chapter. The first story in this chapter, the one just before the passage read, tells us of the plot of the priests to kill Jesus. And then the next story, the one right after this, the third one, tells us of Jesus, Judas's plot to betray Jesus. The second story, the one sandwiched in the middle, is set in Simon's home. 
all three stories take place in a home. The first in the palace of the high priest, the third most likely again in the same place, the high priest's home, the middle story in the home of a leper. Get it? Priests and lepers. The two are twinned, intertwined, entangled in the Old Testament. A significant part of the job description of the Old Testament priest is the care of the leper. The Old Testament requires the priest to receive, to examine, that would require touching, to do this closely, to diagnose the leprosy, then prescribe, provide for, and at intervals re-examine the course of the disease, does it grow, does it shrink? And then to examine again, and again, pronouncing either hopeless, uncurable, or healed, and make provision for the leper either way. Throughout all this, no one is to come near the leper but the priest, and the leper is to go to no one but the priest. Priests and lepers. The faithfulness of the Old Testament priest was measured by their care for the leper. The hope of the leper was in the priest. But these priests are, Matthew makes painfully clear, holed up in their palaces, insulated away from the leprous, conspiring to kill the one most faithful priest the lepers had ever had. And Jesus, in the midst of the stories of priests plotting, Jesus is in the home of Simon the leper. Get it? Matthew had many chapters ago recorded Jesus' first miracle in his gospel in Israel the healing of a leper. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean, a leper had said. It was not only an announcement of trust in the Savior's power, you can. It was a critique of the long line of priests who he knew were not willing. If you are willing, you can. I am willing, Jesus said. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man, Matthew writes. Be clean, Jesus said. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy, Matthew reports. Then Jesus added, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Priests and lepers, that's how it's supposed to be. Jesus would do so often and so well what the priests of his day were declining to do at all what divine and human accountability demanded of the priests, that the testimony to them had become a testimony against them. Lepers healed by Jesus showing up at their palace doorsteps showed them up. It is no doubt part of their hostility toward Jesus Resentment at his success and of his comparative favor in the eyes of those who cared about those whom God 
cares about. They in their palaces plotting. Jesus in the home of Simon the leper. We can safely presume, I think, that upon entry, Simon greeted Jesus at the door and again showed the places on his body that were once white with leprosy, now ruddy with health. A leper showing himself to the only faithful priest he had ever known. And they sit at table together. That's a good enough story, just as it is. But you know I'm not going to let you off with that one. And then she came in. No one, it seems, after all these stories of all these interruptions in every one of the Gospels, no one, it seems, in Jesus' day was able to throw a private gathering. Someone is always outside within earshot murmuring, someone always coming inside expecting. Women especially, probably women predictably, guess who doesn't always get invited? Emboldened by witnessing the purposeful, powerful care given to the leper, she brings her own need, the need to worship and to show her devotion. The leper in his leprosy would be excluded from the public worship of God. The woman, for being a woman, is also excluded. Jesus receives Simon. Me too, she hopes. John Chrysostom, an ancient preacher, preached that Jesus, being in the home of a leper whose body he had earlier healed, gave her confidence that he could and would heal her soul as well. And she would be well. Perfume, the cost of which was to equal a year's wage, Mark says when he tells this same story, is poured over Jesus who is reclining. The alabaster jar would need to be broken to be opened. That alone would seem excessive. Have you had that moment? Have you dared that moment? When you were willing, desirous, needful of nothing more than to be in the Savior's presence, and pour out everything from your heart, intentionally breaking it, that it would all come out. Well, broken jar at his feet, oil dripping down from his beard, woman behind him, leper host beside him, disciples in front of him, who will break the silence? Well, the disciples, they are the most wonderful cautionary tale in the world. We delight in them. The disciples, Matthew usually has them act and speak as a group of one, perhaps already more than a bit uneasy about being in the home of a leper, no matter how well healed, and more so now in the company of an uninvited woman who has done what some would consider outrageous. Well, who wouldn't consider it outrageous? And remembering that Jesus' last speech to them, the chapter before, was about care for the poor. They register in indignation. This is sure to get Jesus' approval, they think. His values are aligned with ours on this one. What waste 
They announce this as if it's self-evident. The poor, which, let's be honest, like the priests of their day, the disciples have yet to show any concern for, would have greatly benefited by the sale of perfume and the money given to them, they reason out loud. No, Jesus had said to the rich young ruler, go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. But we have no record of any disciple actually doing that. They are in this awkward moment suddenly adamant about care for the poor and quite willing to be generous to the poor with her money. Doesn't count. But what she did does. She worshiped while public leaders secretly plot to murder this man so that they don't lose what they have. She anoints the same man, giving away all she had. The disciples, by their outburst, had shamed her, or at least tried to. Jesus defends. Not only is she showing costly devotion, Jesus says, she poured, when she did this, the perfume on my body to prepare me for burial. She may not have known that. Matthew makes it clear in the next chapter that this is the only burial preparation that will be made for Jesus. Too late on that fatal Friday, on the day of his execution, the Sabbath quickly approaching, no perfume could be poured on his corpse before the hasty burial. When the women come to do on the third day what they were unable to do earlier, his body is not laying there. They never get to it. He is risen. This anointing in the leper's home is the only burial preparation he will have. And that counts. The knowledge of it, the memory of it, of her, will never fade. So says Jesus. And again, in the telling of the story to the children and in my preaching this morning, we fulfill his announcement again today. Some of the ancient preachers and contemporary scholars have wondered not only of the effect of this incident on the disciples, it will have a powerful effect. They will admit it. More on that in a minute. And not only of the effect of this moment on her, she is received without demurral, she is defended without hesitation, she is affirmed without qualification, and she is remembered these 2,000 years. But also, it is wondered, what effect this moment had on Jesus? Jesus knows he's soon to die. He has said so. And if we have to guess, this is Holy Tuesday or Holy Wednesday. On Friday, he will die. But no one else knows. The priests plot, Judas betrays, but they don't know. The disciples had been so bewildered by Jesus' predictions of his death that they had become more and more speechless at each instance. They couldn't even mutter to themselves anymore. They had long lost the nerve to ask what all this might mean. They didn't know. And she probably didn't know. Her anointing was honorific in intention, not necessarily funereal. 
Jesus was alone, more alone than ever lately. From this moment, this anointing that he interprets as preparatory for his death, did he take more confidence, more clarity, more commitment, more resolve in his decision to die? Is this the moment Jesus enters the Lenten season? The smell of her perfume would be on him to the end. Through the washing of the disciples' feet at the supper, he is not being washed. Through the anguish of the prayers in the garden, through the angry arrest and midnight trials, through the tauntings and the tortures, through the streets and on the hill and then lifeless in a tomb, the smell of her perfume would always be on him. At what various points on his journey toward his slow death did he catch a whiff of the lingering perfume on his beard and be strengthened to endure what God had wrought for him? A waste? A waste, they said. Maybe the most well-justified expense in the history of salvation, we are tempted to say. Yes, even compared with gifts for the poor. Jesus was quoting scripture when he spoke of the ubiquity of the poor. You'll have them always. Comparing it to the uniqueness of this moment in world's history. The chapter is in Deuteronomy that he quotes. It begins this way. There need be no poor among you. For in the land the Lord your God has given you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you. If you fully obey, if you only fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all these commandments that I am giving you today, there'll be no poor among you. God has already provided. And then later in the chapter, noting the potential of the people of God for good and for ill, continues this way. There will always be poor among you. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed. That's the context of the poor you'll have with you always. Disobedience begets poverty. Disobedience is everywhere present in humanity, so too, therefore, is poverty. To say to the disciples that the poor are with you always is not to suggest they postpone until later their concern for the poor, but to call attention to their disobedience that causes it. They will get the message, gladly. It's joyous. In the book of Acts, the record of the continuing ministry of these first disciples, it'll be reported more than once that many priests became believers. They're not the hostile group anymore. They're the believing group. They witnessed the healing power of the gospel, including among the lepers, and wanting to be faithful. 
were attracted to the followers of the one faithful priest, they began to touch. Lepers were healed. I said at the sermon's beginning that with the beginning of this chapter, there's a march to the cross now and without interruption. The anointing of the doomed man prior to his death was no interruption. It was preparation. While we rightly associate the stories of the passion of Jesus with a high priest's palace in a public garden, a Jewish assembly courtroom, then a Roman hall of justice, the soldiers' barracks and a public gathering place, the streets of Jerusalem and a hill outside the city. Matthew wants us to know that the passion also took place in a home, the home of Simon the leper. Jesus' ministry had begun with him touching a desperate leper in the street. It ends with him reclining at table, sharing a meal with a leper in his home. Jesus has made himself to be at home in our homes. Just as, I'm tempted to say this, just as Jesus had come from heaven to earth for us and for our salvation, Jesus enters our homes for us and for our salvation. There, in your home, here, in your home today, your invited guests, guest invites you to recline at table with him and to lean into him as he leans into you to know him intimately and deeply in the home in your heart, in the heart of your home. And when, and when, bold like this woman, you pour over him the extravagance of your love and worship without shame and without reserve, breaking open the bottle. Jesus does not reject, but receive your gift. And, and as he says, it, you, will never be forgotten. Jeff and I, these eight weeks of Epiphany, have preached on eight stories in the four Gospels. The events of these narratives and the revelation of God shining in them take place in homes. We could have told eight other stories also set in homes and then again another eight. We told no story of the home where most stories, the, the more stories are placed than in any other home, the home of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. In the homes of Pharisees and publicans, disciples and synagogue leaders, lepers, Jesus enters any and every home. The Bible knows no story in which Jesus says, I will not come to your house. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, says the Savior. 
if anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in and be with them. That's the Bible's guarantee. That's the Savior's promise. In this season of spread disease, are we soon to leave it behind and enter another? In this season, we have spent more time in our homes. Some of us still stay close. Perhaps we have been tempted to think, and thus away from the things of Jesus. There, in your home, here, in your home, your pastors want you to know, and to know without doubt, there you may invite in the Savior, there he will enter, he will receive you, there you will learn of him, from him, be healed by him, be touched by him, and there you can pour out the extravagance of your love. It will not be wasteful. It will be remembered. Willing? Let us pray. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart. Come into my home, Lord Jesus.